That is uh, what we were supposed to be listening to. That's what I promised that we were going to listen to uh, about a week ago. Oh, God. On Thursday, ended the show, said, I'll be back tomorrow. I was not back. (laughs) I was not back on Friday. I got really, really sick. (laughs) I'm like, I got really, really sick. And um, I've been dealing, I don't know what I've been dealing with, but on and off, I've been, for about two weeks now, I've just been dealing with this, I don't know, maybe an allergy or something like that. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just my throat has just been like every once in a while. And by every once in a while, I mean like every other day. And it happened like for a week straight where I was like, oh, like I have this really, really bad sore throat. It's kind of hard for me to breathe. Da, 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 da. For like a week, but I was like, I'm still doing podcasts. And then I thought I got over it. I think last week I did not. It came back in force on Thursday, not Thursday night, but really it was like Friday. I woke up and I was like, I may be able to podcast today. Probably not. And then it essentially uh, transitioned into me kind of just like not talking for like three, four days, something like that. And here we are, Wednesday. I'm back. I'm happy to be back. It's just, I'm so disappointed in myself that once again, we just, I don't have the consistency. Um, I'll, I'll try and get three or four podcasts in this week, including this one. And obviously we will be listening to Kate Bush's Hounds of Love. I literally tried to like record, I think yesterday or Monday. I'm recording this like super late Wednesday night. I tried to like record it literally like Tuesday or Monday night, and then it's just like my throat closed up again, and I'm like, are you serious? I couldn't talk. It was hard. It was hard for me to breathe. So, apologize for uh, for being late. Ugh, God. I apologize. I just was semi-sick. Anyways... We got NFL, thank God, we will get it done. We will talk about awesome music. If you're not on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing. We will talk about Lamar Jackson against Bernard Pullman, who I didn't, who I didn't know, but then somebody brought up some clips of his, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. It's like a player that you know for bad reasons. We will talk about their little sp- Bat here. I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's pretty great. Unpause my music, please. Can we also boost it just a little bit? Actually, can we listen to a little bit more? Okay. So... We'll be looking up Bernard Pullman versus... Oh, wait, here comes the course. Can we can we bump it up just a little bit? Final time, final time, and then we'll get through the intro. 
I mean, it's a pretty. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Before Stranger Things, I didn't. I didn't listen to this shit at all. I'm like, I wasn't born in the '80s. Don't, don't blame me. I'm like, I listen to this shit. I'm like, okay. Awesome music. I also want to watch the new South Park season. I've not seen any of the new South Park stuff streaming on Paramount Plus because I don't have Paramount Plus. Very excited to see the new South Park. I haven't even seen the older, the the pandemic stuff, the pandemic episodes that they played. Or not played, but that they made just because, again, it's on Paramount Plus and I don't have Paramount Plus. I'm pausing. Excited about that. Oh, God, I have a lot of reading to do tonight. This is probably going to be a two-hour-long podcast. Again, we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson. We will talk about Kevin Durant potentially being traded slash not being traded. I feel like we have to talk about that almost every single week now. Talk about Dallas being terrible. And also how Dallas is still really the number one contender in their division and also a Super Bowl contender. A dark, dark horse Super Bowl contender. Anyways. All that. Can't wait to get into it right here. 24's podcast. doesn't like Ugh, Kate Bush. I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to be like these people that's like, "Yeah, I've 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 listened to her music my entire life. I never knew this person at all." Until obviously Stranger Things. I don't think necessarily that's a bad thing cuz I, you know, you know, I came I I got here anyways. We'll be listening to uh Hounds of Love, which is the album that Running Up That Hill is featured on. I haven't listened. I've held off listening to the album. Just uh, just because I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I really am. God. Where should we begin today? We'll start off with Lamar, and then we'll, we will get into Dallas. So, kind of as like a lead-in. ESPN made this top 10 quarterback list. And they released it, I think, on Monday of this week. And ever since then, it's been absolute mayhem and chaos. That mayhem and chaos has essentially been directly rooted in the fact that Lamar Jackson is not ranked as a top 10 quarterback. Now, in my opinion, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback as well. And there's been a lot of bad arguments and a lot of bad discussion about the whole Lamar Jackson not being a top 10 quarterback. Let me kind of fill in the gaps with good conversation and with great exposition and with great analysis as well. That's what we do here on 24's podcast, of course. So, Lamar, I I don't trust his throwing. At this point in his career, I don't trust his throwing. Uh, It is 
significantly better than average. I would say that it is better than Kirk Cousins, better than Derek Carr, better than Jimmy Garoppolo, better than a lot of other quarterbacks. And I would also go as far to say that Baltimore, and I've been screaming this from the high heavens, I would say that Baltimore really hasn't helped him wide receiver-wise. They've gotten him Hollywood Brown, and that's kind of it. But you also need, like, at the very minimum, another wide receiver or another two. or or, You need, like, another two wide receivers, potentially. And he does as well. And also the offense at the running isn't necessarily helping out his passing game. However... Just somebody who evaluates throwers and quarterbacks and things of that nature. I see Lamar as probably. I, w- I would say I'm, I-, I think he's like probably 11th. If you if I had to give my ranking, I have a I have a new iPad, so I don't have my official list. But I mean, he's like 11th or 12th. Like, let's just not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Yes, he is a awesome runner. And yes, the offense that he is in cannot be duplicated and replicated um, across the NFL because the majority of the quarterbacks outside of like Kyler Murray aren't fast enough to be able to, or more specifically, aren't as agile as him and can avoid can avoid uh, not just rushers, but also open field tacklers. Like they can't, like Lamar is agile and he's fast. Like nobody can do what he does except for Kyler Murray. He plays a very specific style. I'm not knocking that style at all. I've said it for years. I think he should be a more developed passer, and I still stand by that. But I also think that he is one of the best throwers in the league. I just don't think that he is better than, and everybody will throw out these statistics. I'm like, well, like, look. Show me the games. Like, not even the games, but I'm like, look, I'm not watching just the statistics. I'm watching his fucking games, dude. And, yeah, his offensive line was pretty fucking shitty this year. I take that into account as well. Yeah, the offense isn't, again, everything that I have said up until this point is a defense of Lamar Jackson. I don't think that he's that far off. I just need to see more consistency. And I think that's fair. I think that is fair. I don't give a fuck about the system that he's in. I don't care. Don't hit me with that, with, with that nerdy shit. He he plays in a very specific system. I don't care. I really don't. He wins a shit ton of games. I'm always on that. I'm one of his stouch and staunch defenders, but I'm like, look, Joe Burrow. Like, look, look, Joe Burrow, I think is better. Justin Herbert, I think is better. I think Dak Prescott, like if you had asked me last year, if Dak Prescott was a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, I would have been like, no. Absolutely not. Of course not. I'm a Dak Prescott fan. I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm like, I don't think Dak's better. The reason why Joe Burrow, I think, is better than Lamar is because track record. Not even track record, but look at his plays. Look at his throws. Look at his aggression in the pocket. Some of his completions to Jamar Chase are just absolutely fucking insane. Not just because Jamar Chase is an awesome wide receiver who can make tremendous plays on the ball, but admittedly because Joe Burrow will throw a perfectly timed, accurate pass. Justin Herbert, I wouldn't, I wouldn't place him over Lamar. I wouldn't. But like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, like in the last, 
I, I think I misspoke. I said, like, I think I had Justin Herbert over, over, over Lamar. I think I would have Josh Allen over. I think a couple of years ago, excuse me, like, even last year, I would have been like, I would probably still have Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen. I can't remember everything that I said all the time. I'm just, like, trying to figure some stuff out. But it's not that Lamar has gotten worse. That's the problem. It's that the competition around him has gotten significantly better. And also, his play has his play has fallen off because the fucking players around him suck. That's not a bad thing. And the coaching staff isn't helping out his passing at all. That's not a bad thing. I think if, for example, if Lamar was on a completely different offense that did take advantage of his arm, he would be a better passer. However, that's not the case. And I can only evaluate what he puts on tape. There's like still throws that I watch him make. Easy completions, by the way, that I watch him make. And by the way, I think Rashad Bateman is super underrated right now. Let me pull up his statistics. Rashad Bateman, the former wide receiver, I think, out of Minnesota. I think he was also hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. And let me, let me see how many games he played in. But like Rashad Bateman, he played in 12 games. He started in four. But Rashad Bateman, to me, is such an interesting player because he seemed to be Lamar Jackson's uh, main ride receiver in the preseason in training camp, and then he got hurt. And then I don't think that he played for a couple of games early on in the season, and I just don't think that they could get the report out. Look, I'm not one of the people that's been knocking Lamar Jackson. The list that came out by ESPN and via ESPN was via a bunch of executives. I think Lamar is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I thought that he rightfully deserved the MVP award, but Joe Burrow has gotten significantly better. Josh Allen was the exact same thing, was the exact same way. I think I had Lamar actually as like a top five quarterback. I think Dak Prescott has gotten better. And do you want to know what? Russell Wilson? Uh, first and foremost, I'm not mad at people who are like, Lamar is a top 10 quarterback. I'm not one of these people that's like insane. I'll say this, Lamar had a better season last year than, uh, than Russell Wilson, and I think in my list, I put Russell Wilson in the top 10. I may have to back that up. I may have to back, uh, back that up a little bit, because Russell, Russell played like crap last season via his own standards. Really, Russell, if it wasn't for his, if it wasn't for like, his legacy, if it wasn't for his career, Russell Wilson was kind of like an average to below average quarterback at times last year. He was not very good. And I know that he's with the Broncos now, and I know that he's on a good football team, quote-unquote. We will see because the Broncos were also horrendous last year as well. We will again see. But again, I'm not mad at people who are going to put Lamar Jackson in the top 10. I just think that Tom Brady is better right now. It's also kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Like, I haven't seen Lamar play in God knows how long. But it's like, Brady, I think, is better. No particular order, by the way. I don't want to have to just constantly do rankings. I think rankings, to some degree, are kind of cringy, especially when that's literally all you do. Brady, I think, is better. Burrow, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Dak, Kyler... Deshaun, yeah, I haven't seen Deshaun play, but when I but when I did see him play, Deshaun was 
literally one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He was like top five. The last time I saw Lamar, he was not. Did I say Josh Allen? Josh Allen. That's like seven, eight guys. And then it's just like everything is like debatable with like Russell Wilson. I think Lamar is a top 10 quarterback. But I don't necessarily think that it's like that insane to be like he's not. At least in my opinion. I know I've like gone back and forth and back and forth. I'm processing and like thinking about stuff. That's why I'm like going back and forth. I'm like detailing my thought process here. But the reaction on the internet is like insane. Everybody's super offended. Of course they are. But one particular interaction with a former NFL safety named Bernard Pullman. Jesus Christ. After like Bernard Pullman. Not after Bernard. Yeah, it is, his name is Bernard Pullman. But after Bernard Pullman essentially was just like, he tweeted out his top 10 quarterback list or whatever. Lamar clapped back. And I don't follow Lamar. Let me fix that. Boom. Now I follow Lamar. But um, Lamar tweeted at Bernard Pullman. After Bernard Pullman listed out his top 10 list of quarterbacks. His top 10 list is Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, Allen, Wilson, Stafford, Carr, Burrow, Herbert, and Prescott. Now, again, in my opinion, I don't like I don't think Stafford is that good of like I I think Stafford's a little bit overrated because he won a Super Bowl. Everybody's now everybody's now like, "Oh my god, everybody is essentially now overcorrecting on Matt Stafford. I don't think Matt Stafford is a terrible quarterback, but I don't necessarily think that he's like the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. Nor do I think Derek Carr is because he had to deal with the shit storm that was the Las Vegas Raiders season with John Gruden being a terrible human being. Nor do I think, for example, everybody's riding on Justin Herbert because they were like Justin Herbert potentially could be a bust. And also, they talked about how Jordan Love was uh, was like the best quarterback in the draft that Justin Herbert came out of. And I was like, you guys are morons. Go watch his film again. And again, there's an overcorrection with Justin Herbert now. And I'm like, he hasn't made the playoffs in two years. I don't understand why people are saying that he's like literally one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Especially when I saw... Mad Dog Russo on first take, and he is a old, raging hypocrite. He literally couldn't get his story straight. He was just like, you know what, guys? Like, I, 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 will, I want Dak Prescott to have playoff success, and that's why he's not a good quarterback. And then in the exact same breath, he's just like, I think Justin Herbert's better, but it's not because of the playoff success. And it's just like, well, bitch, which one is it? Are you, are, are how are you about? Are you evaluating players and quarterbacks off of their playoff success? Or not. That's, like, people don't know how to evaluate quarterbacks. People don't know what they want. It's further indication of this. But Bernard Pullman, going all the way back to the Lamar Jackson controversy, Lamar Jackson chose the wrong one. He woke up and he chose the wrong one today. He's been tweeting out some shit about Lamar and how he is just not a good quarterback. Here's some of the uh, the tweets here. By the way, apparently he watches NASCAR. You may be asking, who the fuck is Bernard Pullman? We will get into that in a couple of minutes. Give me like two seconds to unplug my computer. Hold on. I gotta like... Overcharging. I gotta unplug it. 
Sorry about that. But who is Bernard Pullman? Again, we will get into that. Let's just focus in on some of the stuff that he's been tweeting out. So I don't know what's going on, but apparently he's just been sitting back today and he's just been tweeting random shit. And I've been looking at his tweets and replies. God, he tweets a lot. He has 34,000 tweets. It's insane how many tweets he has comparatively to like Lamar Jackson's 6,000. But he's just been tweeting all day, essentially. And he's been responding to people in the comment section of, uh, of just of his tweets and things of that nature. And by the way, I don't know if the media is going to cover this tomorrow. I don't really care. The media's perception whenever a player punch down, punches down is like, well, you shouldn't be talking to them because... Hold on. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching Charles Barkley. I'm watching Charles Barkley, or not watching, but I'm reading like some stuff on my computer. I'm reading like Charles Barkley's reaction or whatever to Bradley Bill getting Bradley Bill getting a $251 million contract. That's insane. We'll talk about it later. But Lamar is getting dunked on by Bernard Raymond. Who's essentially just like going on a hold on. Excuse me. Sorry. Like reading stuff. I gotta get off of Reddit. But Bernard Raymond is starting to take, or not has started, but is essentially taking shots at Lamar Jackson all fucking day long. And it's like really unwarranted. Or not even unwarranted, but it's more along the lines of just like, it's out of fucking nowhere that Lamar Jackson just comes out and he's had enough. He's probably had interactions with this guy for years. And I was leading into this before, but then I stopped because I forgot what I was talking about. But I was leading into the whole, like, the media will always criticize players for punching down and talking to people who who are... um who are not as popular, who is not as successful as them, and things of that nature. I don't really care. I don't care if a player goes after any goes after uh, goes after another player or another media member or a fan. I'm like, when you talk shit on Twitter, you can catch these Twitter hands. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. I don't really care who it is, where they are, whatever. Uh, the only thing I care about is if you get ratioed or not. And Bernard Pullman has been getting <laughs> he's been getting ratioed all night long this happened like four or five hours ago i'm glad that i delayed the podcast until then so essentially lamar jackson just i mean he just comes out of fucking nowhere where is it where he just responds to bernard pullman just constantly criticizing lamar jackson with uh the you sound dumb as fuck she would be surprised at how just far this fucking thing goes. So then <clears throat> Bernard Pullman responds with, we'll wait and see if one signs. Now, what Bernard Pullman is essentially saying is that nobody wants, to, no wide receiver wants to play with Lamar Jackson, which is ridiculous. They all do. It's just Baltimore does not make a move or has not made a move to get a wide receiver. Probably... I don't know their cap situation, but probably because they're strapped for cash and because they just drafted a shit ton of wide receivers last year. Bernard Pullman, maybe you should have, uh, you know, been on the uptick on uh, that. Just let me look at the Ravens. 
Let's look. Yeah, they have $3 million in cap space. They Like, Devontae Adams is making $25 million a year to somewhere close to, like, $30 million a year. Tyreek Hill is similar. And Amari Cooper is making $20 million. Like, the Ravens couldn't have paid the wide receivers that were the top free agents this offseason, even if they wanted to. But then on the but then on top of that, they also again drafted a shit ton of wide receivers last year. Rashad Bateman is one of them. They have Devin Duvernay, who was a guy that I liked coming out of Texas, but really hasn't found his footing, and he's kind of like a special teams kick returner. And they also got Wylan Stylin, Tylen Wallace out of uh OSU, out of Oklahoma State, not Ohio State University, Oklahoma State University. And uh he's He's been a non-factor. <laughs> He's been a non-factor as well. But my point is, Baltimore is like, we've drafted these guys. We like these guys. We're not going to go out and get a wide receiver in free agency or trade for him. And so that's what Bernard Pullman is responding with. He's like, we'll wait and see if one signs. That's the whole context of that. Then what happens is Lamar Jackson says... Da, 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 da. Or excuse me, then Lamar, I mean, he just, like, it's it's sometimes hard to tell because some, because I'm in his tweets and replies. He responds to one of Bernard Pullman's earlier tweets where he says, no top wide receiver will ever come there while Lamar Jackson is playing. And by the way, this is like, this is what I'm referencing. Plenty of wide receivers have been available to get in the offseason while Lamar Jackson has been starting. Again, they're strapped for cash and they just spend a bunch of draft picks on wide receivers. Continuing forward, but nobody wants to go. They give him the respect, but they don't want to play with him. Lamar Jackson is good, but he's not able to make the throws. I think he can make the throws. I think he's just not very, I think he's not as accurate as he needs to be in the offense. Like, we've covered it. We've covered it. Covered it. I'm also looking at a picture of Lamar Jackson, by the way. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ, is he huge? He's 210, 215, right? Like, put something out on Twitter. Jesus Christ, is Lamar Jackson huge? Holy shit. He's 6'2". What's his weight? I mean, he's looked like, you know, semi-skinny, but, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably somewhere close to 220 at this point. I mean, he's 6'2". He looks like he's maybe 6'3", 6'4". He has a long, lengthy frame. Jesus Christ. He is, uh, you know, really bulked up this season. Lamar responds with the whole, like, you you won't recruit any wide receivers. He responds with, no Hall of Fame conversation or nothing, but you know something now. And he hit him with a bunch of smiling emojis. (laughs) I'll just read it from Lamar Jackson's point of view because I think it's way more interesting than Bernard Pullman's. He like quote tweets Bernard Pullman with uh with uh the with the uh, what is it with a tweet that Bernard Pullman put out where he's like facts are facts make sure you call me champ good luck getting one ha <laughs> smiling emojis and then the laughing my ass off emojis are uh that Lamar subsequently puts into this tweet never nobody speak of you I had to Google you <laughs> I had to Google you little brah. Bernard Pullman's like 37 years old and Lamar is sunning him. I had to Google you, little bra. I never heard of you until I seen you keep dissing me. 
dissing, excuse me, like you was a Hall of Famer, but you far from it across the ocean like overseas. Then he responds to another Pullman. I keep saying Bernard Pullman, but I can't even say his name right. It's Bernard Pollard where he's saying, don't, where he says that he doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame. Don't, he doesn't care about it. Okay. He's like, I made people fear me. Then Lamar says, <laughs> he's just, he says, stop flagging, boy. That never say, <laughs> they, he should, it should be, they never say you was feared. Lol, bra, go watch NASCAR. Probably better at that for real. Sorry, ass boy. And then, and then the fans start to get into it where the fans are like, please always remind this brother how he was a constant liability in coverage. The tapes don't lie. Lamar quote tweets that and says, it's wild. I never heard of this guy until I'm constantly seeing him cap like he knows something. What the fuck? Yo, strong shark head ass. Yo, strong shark head ass. Don't know nothing. Oh my God. And then any quote tweets. Bernard Pollard posting his college highlights. And he says, Bra got a six second college highlight. You mad for real. I wish I played against you. Devil emojis. I would have threw the ball to coach and ran straight at your ass. At your sorry ass. Bernard all caps. Take the vet out your bio. You just played as an extra body, to be honest. Super Bowl with two tackles with those game-changing tackles waiting. And then the worst part is, is that Bernard Pullman says, turn on the film, I'll teach you how to read defense. And then the fans then quoted, excuse me, tweeted at Lamar, and then Lamar quote tweeted the Super Bowl highlight of Colin Kaepernick throwing a touchdown interception at him. And then on top of that, this is the worst thing, is that Bernard fucking Pullman was the guy on Hard Knocks that was twerking in front of the entire team. And I'm like, you can't get, you can't, I, I hate bad players who commentate on good players. I hate bad players that commentate on good players and then want to be like, bro, I got a fucking championship. I, I'm a champion. I'm like, bro, you participated on a championship team. You did not contribute it. And then Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Lamar Jackson called him out too because... Bernard Pullman or Pollard was like, yeah, like, yeah, man, I played with three broken ribs. And then Lamar's like, bro, Ray Lewis played with fucking a, like a torn tricep. Like, come on, bro. Come on, man. You're not as good as you think. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing how bad Bernard Pullman got clowned on today. I'm like, just go home. Take your shit. Go home. Go home. You lost. It's all right. It happens. You are not a good football player in the NFL. You don't have to be great at everything. Jesus Christ. I get it. It's a big part of your identity to be a football player and all that good shit. Guess fucking what? You are not a good, you are a good football, you are probably a great football player in high school, maybe a good one in college. I haven't seen you play in college. I don't really care to see you in college. But guess fucking what? You are not a good NFL player. You sucked. You're clowning on one of the best NFL players right now. It is embarrassing that you are even, like, trying to even, like, speak as if you were one of the best Baltimore Ravens on that on that 2012 team that beat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. You're not. You're terrible. 
It's just like, guy, just sit down, shut up, stop talking. It's like Dan Orlovsky trying to critique quarterbacks. It's like, dude, like every single time I watch you critique quarterbacks, like I don't understand how, how he has a platform when he's so terrible. I don't understand it. It's ridiculous to me. Ridiculous. I really don't. I don't understand it. And then he got ratioed the fuck off of Twitter. And then he just stopped responding because he's just like, this is not going well at all. At all. Tired of Bernard Pullman. I'm not even going to try and correct myself. Your name is Bernard Pullman. I like, I can't, you're not, you're, you are not good enough for me to know who you, uh, what your real name is. The whole little spat ends with Lamar Jackson saying or saying to him, unretire, because he's just like, bro, I would ice you up, which he would. And he's gone quiet. He's gone back to talking about NASCAR. Can I talk to you about something? I mean, obviously I am. So... PFF came out with their top 10 quarterback list going into this season with college, with uh, the college, with with college, right? The, co- the top 10 college football quarterbacks in the nation, right? The list is Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler, CJ Stroud, Sam Hartman, Grayson McCall, Brennan Armstrong, Dylan Gabriel, Caden Slovis, and Tyler Van Dyke. Now, the glaring issue is that they have Spencer Rattler over C.J. Stroud, and in my opinion, C.J. Stroud should probably be second to Bryce Young. I'm not super high on Caleb Williams right now. I saw like five or six of his Oklahoma games last year, and I was like, he's a true freshman. I don't know why, like, like I don't know why myself, why they have Caleb over C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud was awesome last year, and I get it. He had an awesome wide receiving core, but he still has probably the best wide receiver of his wide receiving core in Jackson Smith, Najigba. But okay, we can play pretend. But I want to talk about the three guys, right? Bryce Young, Spencer Rattler, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, probably a top 10, top 5 pick next year. Bryce Young, same thing. Spencer is interesting, right? Hey, I'm still high on Spencer Rattler. I love Spencer Rattler. I think he's an awesome prospect. But I think as of right now, he has essentially done nothing to warrant him being like a first-round draft pick. He's super raw. He's super talented. I'm excited to see him play this year and to see if he actually can improve. Otherwise, he's still a third-rounder and he's... I mean, he'll probably, he's, a, he's draftable. He's draftable. But Spencer, to me, last year was the clear-cut Heisman Trophy favorite, probably the Heisman Trophy winner. And to me, I also thought that Oklahoma was going to win a national championship because of him. I thought he was going to play out of his mind. I thought he was going to get better. I thought he was going to improve. He did not. And I said this during spring training and during the spring game that I watch. I watch Oklahoma spring game and I was like, Caleb Williams is putting on a better show. Spencer Rattler is doing some dumbass shit like throwing in a triple coverage. What is going on? 
So Spencer Rattler, he starts, he gets benched against Texas and Caleb Williams wins. And essentially it was the Caleb Williams show for the entirety of the season. It was like, Caleb is kind of better. We will move on from him. Him being Spencer Rattler. But Spencer has always had promise. He's always been a really, really awesome prospect. And he's like, it's, it's hard for me to just throw him away when I know that he can become a great quarterback. But it's just, he isn't and he's not because he's super inconsistent and he does some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. And then he also is super inaccurate. I don't care about his completion percentage. There are times where he misses very easy throws and completions. It's ridiculous. And then he's not that great of an athlete as well. He can move, he can run, but he's not like going to blow you away with his raw speed and agility. He's like Patrick Mahomes a little bit, except worse. And that's everybody. It's just like, he's like Patrick Mahomes, except worse. Like everybody's like Patrick Mahomes, except worse. I think Spencer is worse than CJ Stroud and Bryce Young as of right now, but we're a little bit over a month away from getting into college football again. But I think Spencer has a really, really awesome opportunity to play in some really, really tough competition in the SEC and kind of like improve his draft stock. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, PFF is insane. I love how like, P the I love how ridiculous PFF's Twitter, PFF's, excuse me, Twitter is where they'll like quote tweet somebody saying something that one of their analysis randomly said and they're like, we were all over this. And it was just like, dude, you guys get more shit wrong than anything I've ever seen in my entire life. How you guys, I can't, I don't follow PFF at all. Cause I'm like, how you guys are a actual source of information that people consistently use astounds me. Astounds me. And they have really, really smart people. They just, come to the worst conclusions I've ever seen in my entire life when it comes to football. Consistently. I hate to speak so much in hyperbole, but still. Let's talk about Dallas being a terrible organization for a little bit. So, they have had one of the worst off-seasons after having one of the best seasons I've seen in recent memory. Yes, they lost to San Francisco in the playoffs, but that happens. People are overreacting, in my opinion. Especially when it comes to Dallas. I'll give you both sides of the coin. I'll give you the good and the bad, right? Most people want to give you the good. Most people want to give you... Most people want to give you one side of the equation. They don't want to provide any nuance. I'll give you both. So, good news for Dallas is, is that they have a top 10 quarterback in Dak Prescott. They have one of the best defensive players. They have two of the best defensive players in the NFL and Trevon Diggs, and uh, Micah Parsons. They have one of the best coaching staffs, even though everybody hates them. I don't know why. And then, interestingly enough, their offensive line may have improved. Their wide receiving core, at the very least, is similar to last year. I'm not going to say they got better, but it's similar. It's slightly worse. But at the exact same time, Dallas had one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL. So if you're one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL and you go from, oh, we're like one of the best to, oh, well, we're, we're a good to great wide receiving core. Like to me, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And then I think the problem that people have 
when it comes to the NFCs is the Eagles because everybody has been pounding the table on how awesome the Eagles offseason has been. And I'm like, did you guys watch the October game? The Eagles versus the Cowboys? Hold on, let me look it up. It's like one of my favorite games. Hold on. It's one of my favorite games of like last year. Because it was just fucking dominance. It was dominance for the majority of the game. It was insane just how fucking much the Cowboys had like killed the Eagles last season. If you don't remember it, it was one of the Monday night football games with the Mannings. It was a great football game to have. When when is uh can I see the schedule for Monday night football games? ESPN has essentially now made the Manning broadcast like a staple like they're just like they have the every single primetime baseball game they have like Aaron uh what is it Aaron Rodriguez and somebody else casting with him and I'm like I don't I don't really care who this other person is I kind of just like want to watch baseball but um they're probably going to do the exact same thing with the Manning cast because now essentially everybody is copying it but Monday night football ooh damn spiciness Broncos at Seattle. Holy shit, that's an awesome game. Especially for Peyton to cast because obviously former Bronco obviously left Indianapolis, had a similar situation with them as well. But uh, Titans at Bills, Vikings at Eagles, and then Cowboys Monday Night Football against the Giants after the Cowboys will go up against their first two weeks of the regular season they're going to go up against Tampa week one, and then week two, it's going to be the Bengals. Let me also check out the Cowboys schedule here. I want to see their schedule. The NFL website is just so god-awful. Holy shit, it's so god-awful. So bare-bones. I'm like, how do you guys have such a city website? Like, I hope your application is better your app is better i just said application jesus christ third week of the regular season oh it is oh my bad oh i I thought they played uh the giants week four week three it's the giants week four it is washington on fox oh and apparently it's going to be on abc apparently but going back to my original point i'm sorry i kind of just went off track here so dallas week three Last season against the Eagles, the game was essentially over with by halftime. And what I mean by that is, is that as I like check the score here, got another ad, really NFL network. How many fucking ads do you need? I think it was like 21 to seven or 27 to seven or something absurd of that nature. And More importantly than that, the Dallas Cowboys defense had completely and utterly destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Like, it was complete domination. And this is apparently one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And you fucking could have fooled me because Dallas had given them the business for the majority of the game. Yeah, so the score was 22-7 to at halftime. And really, it should have been more because the only touchdown that the Eagles had gotten was 
when Tyler Biotis, the center for the Dallas Cowboys, had essentially let in the defensive tackle, Jafon Hargrave, into the backfield and deck through an interception. But um, really, it was going to be a safety regardless. It was, it was a bad, it was a bad play all around. But Dallas essentially destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles week three, and it, like, it, it wasn't even a close football game, right? But then on top of Dallas like just giving the Eagles the business on Monday Night Football, the Cowboys, not the Cowboys, excuse me, the Eagles also lost one of their best offensive linemen, if not their best, in Brandon Brooks. I think he retired or something like that this season. And Brandon Brooks is like one of the best guards in the NFL when he is playing the sport of football. Easily. Easily one of the best guards in the NFL. And they lost him. Lost him. He retired, I think, right? Didn't he retire? Or did he? He didn't move on. He retired 1,000%, right? Hold on. Yeah, I think he retired, right? Yeah, he retired. But Brandon is like one of the best guards in the NFL, retired. Boom. They've lost their left guard. Who are they replacing him with? Maybe Landon Dickerson, who was not very good, if you want my honest opinion. And I also must raise the question, right? Because I had seen, maybe I'm remembering this wrong. I don't know. But again, I don't, like Dallas fucking killed the Eagles. Like killed them. Among other teams like Tampa in the playoffs destroyed the Eagles last season. And I get it. The whole... You know, Dak didn't have Dak, the Dak play at the end of the game. Everybody's making jokes, shit like that. But it's just like, dude, go back and watch the fucking game. The only score that they had, and it wasn't even Dak's fault now that I'm seeing it. Like, literally somebody, again, Tyler Biotis literally just let somebody run through Dallas's offensive line. And I thought Dak threw an interception, and I was just like, oh, he just made a bad decision. No, he didn't. Literally... Javon Hargrave swiped at his right arm and it was a strip sack as he was throwing the ball and there was literally nothing he, he could have done. It was either, like, literally nothing he could have done. It was just broken, a, uh, a broken play when it came to the pass protection and it, it is what it is. But, like, Dallas's running game murdered them. They moved the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line or defensive line a lot. And Dallas just fucking dominated. And I was thinking about this before I got onto the podcast. I'm like, they got Hassan Reddick, who Dallas, once again, just wrapped up with Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams, like, locked up Hassan Reddick, who's an awesome pass rusher. Don't get me wrong, he is. Locked him up with Terrence Williams, who will now be the right tackle. And then the other major acquisition that the Eagles got was Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean and James Bradbury. Jordan Davis is a non-pass rushing defensive tackle. N'Kobe Dean is a linebacker who doesn't pass rush. And James Bradbury is like a below average corner, in my opinion. He's below average. And it's just like, that's who they got. And then the can't, and then essentially the reason why everybody thinks that they're going to be the Cowboys is because of A.J. Brown. And it's just like, dude, like, unless Jalen Hurts takes a big fucking leap, 
There is no way that you are going to be able to get pressure on Dak Prescott, or not even pressure, excuse me, but there's no way that he is going to indirectly pressure Dak Prescott. What I mean by that is that there are certain quarterbacks that will force the opposition's quarterback to play better. When you play Tom Brady, when you play Aaron Rodgers, when you play Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Dak Prescott, I'm not saying Dak is those quarterbacks, but I'm saying he's a great one and, and things of that nature, you have to elevate your game. Otherwise, you have to hope that the other quarterback on the opposition is just going to get destroyed by your defense. And that's what happened when Dallas played against uh, the 49ers. Dak got destroyed by the 49ers defense. So in the case of Jalen Hurts, right? And again, go back and watch Dak Prescott play last year. Dak Prescott was killing fucking teams. And this is why I say like Dak is one of the top teams in the, one of the top quarterbacks, excuse me, in the NFL, because Dak was killing killing offenses or excuse me defenses in the nfl making this shit look like child's play making it look easy making one of the highest rated defenses in the nfl in the carolina panthers look like scrubs making the supposed philadelphia eagles look like scrubs as well right it was ridiculous how dominant dak prescott was against the Patriots as well with one of the best corners in the NFL in JC Jackson just murdered them and CD lamb also had a game like unless Jalen hurts can somehow elevate his game to, Oh, I'm going to play at the level of Dak Prescott, which I have not seen him ever do in his entire career. Unless he just fucking outplays Dak Prescott last uh, next year, which I don't see at all. I don't think there's a way for the Eagles to be able to beat the Cowboys next year because I don't think they did enough to be able to beat Dak Prescott. And then I don't think they did enough to stop Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs. Because Trevon Diggs is going to be going up against A.J. Brown and not Devontae Smith. And he fucking locked up Devontae Smith last year. And Micah Parsons, I think, had like, what was it? Like two or three sacks last, uh, and not last season, excuse me, but against the Eagles last season. And then I, to, to make matters worse, he also had a tackle for a loss. Micah destroyed the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles last season. It's insane. Just saying. Just like, I don't think Dak is going anywhere fast. I don't think Mike is going anywhere fast. I'm, again, just like watching the fucking game. And it's just like, it's Dak Prescott. It's Trevon Diggs. It's Micah Parsons. It's a whole lot of Cowboys. And the game wasn't even fucking close. So everybody wants to reflect on the 49ers loss. By the Cowboys, I'm like, you need to focus on the fucking Eagles loss or the Eagles win by the Cowboys last season because it's, it's ridiculous. It's 14 to seven, top of the second quarter. And this game gets like out of hand because I think Trevon even has like a pick six in this game. And again, he locks up Devontae Smith. I don't understand. I mean, I've talked about the pro- the positives about the Cowboys. Now let me talk about the negatives about the Cowboys because the Cowboys have been an utter disaster this offseason, right? And again, and if it wasn't for Dak and Micah and Trevon, I would be worried. It's And to be honest with you, CeeDee Lamb is a part of that plan as well and potentially Jalen Tolbert. I really, really like the wide receiver Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. I think he is not being talked about enough. And you want to know something about Jalen Tolbert? Let me... Pull up his uh, statistics really, really quickly. Hold on. <clears throat> Let me pull up 
Jalen Tolbert, former South Alabama wide receiver, current Dallas Cowboy, super high on him. Jalen is such an interesting wide receiver because he played at Southern Alabama, but every single year, essentially for the entirety of his career, he has gotten over 17 yards per catch, which is ridiculous. I always talk about having like 13, 13 yards per catch, things of that nature as a wide receiver. He's getting like 17 minimum outside of his freshman year. He's incredible. He's amazing. His final year, and he's a touchdown machine because he, he he's listed as like 6'1". Yeah, I'm like, there's no way that he's 6'1". I'm like, yeah, he's 6'3". Easily. I was like, like, um... What is it? Sports reference, college, football, has him at 6'3", 190. And I'm like, yeah, he looks like it. He plays like it. He's he's bigger and taller and stronger and faster than all the other wide receivers that he plays against. Or not wide receivers, but corners that he plays against. Final season at South Alabama, I'm kind of shocked that it didn't get more attention. 1,400 yards, eight touchdowns. And he's always, outside of his, again, his freshman year, he's always like a six to eight touchdown type of guy, right? He's always productive as a wide receiver. And I was like, when I watched him play, I was like, look, he's not just destroying the division two or three or wherever he played. He's not just destroying the competition. He's not like, he's dominating them. Like, these guys don't have a shot at all when it comes to, uh, when it comes to playing up against him, I was shocked. I was like, why, why aren't we talking more about Jalen Tolbert as, as like an awesome wide receiver for the Cowboys? I, didn't he have like an awesome, an awesome senior bowl as well? Cause I, that's what I really noticed him as well was in the senior bowl. The long and the short of it is Jalen Tolbert. I feel like is a really, really underrated wide receiver that the Cowboys got. I think so. Yes, and I know he played in a weaker division and da 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 da. I, I, I don't really care. I think Christian Watson, uh, I think Christian Watson was and is a, uh, what was and is one of the best wide receivers in last year's draft. And what I mean by that, I mean like top 10, not top 10, like top three, I think. Top three, maybe four. I thought he probably should have been a first round pick, like a mid round pick. And he wasn't, and I was like so annoyed when the Eagles, not the Eagles, the um what is it? The Packers got him because I'm like, why are we just letting the Packers get one of the best wide receivers in the draft for essentially no reason whatsoever? I'm like, why isn't anyone more interested in Christian Watson? And the same can be said, like, I'm watching Jalen Tolbert's highlights. You wanna know you wanna know what I'm thinking right now? Jalen Tolbert was a third round pick. I haven't seen him play in the NFL. If I had the guts, I would have said Jalen Tolbert probably should have been a first rounder. By the guts. By the guts. Yeah, I mean, he looks like it. Yeah, he looks like he's a first rounder. I'm watching some of his plays against Southern Miss. There are, t I mean, there's a lot of times in this game. A lot of his touchdowns, a lot of his big plays, he's getting doubled up. 
And it's just like, yeah, I don't know why I didn't have him have him as a first rounder, to be honest with you. Because he, like, the more I look at it, this again with that context, the more I'm like, oh, okay, he probably should have been a first rounder. But yeah, Dallas got Jalen Tolbert. I think Jalen Tolbert's an awesome receiver. I think he's a great addition for the Cowboys. And he's going to play the third role. He's going to be inside and he's going to be outside. And he's quick enough and he has good enough hands to be able to do both. So Jalen Tolbert, super awesome wide receiver. He's going to murder people in the NFL, and he's going to be a great receiver for the Cowboys as well. And apparently he's also like one of Dak's favorite and best wide receivers right now. We will see. We'll see. Oh, God. But Dallas, outside of like Jalen Tolbert and Tyler Smith potentially being a better left guard than Connor Williams, which to be honest with you, isn't really saying much because of how terrible Connor Williams was. Dallas has kind of had a shitty offseason, And it started with the, not necessarily a release, but the non-signing of one of their best pass rushers in Randy Gregory. They didn't re-sign him. They lost one of, in my opinion, the best right tackles in the NFL and Lael Collins. They released him. Or more, I, did they trade for him? They released, yeah, they released Leo Collins. They couldn't trade for him, which to me is insane because Leo Collins is like one of the best right tackles in the NFL. He was a handful last year because he got suspended and then he tried to appeal the suspension. It would have only been for like one game and then it got turned into like six games. And then they wanted him to play guard, which he didn't want to play. And uh, they, I remember this, like get, when he was healthy and when he was not suspended, they were like, yeah, like we're, uh, we're going to not play you because you don't want to play the position that we want you to play. And so he got cut. And here we are. Dallas is now going to insert in Terrence Will. Jesus Christ. I cannot, like, I cannot fucking tell you how often he gets double covered. Especially in, like, bracket coverage. And just, he's just like, yeah, I'm bigger and I'm stronger. And I'm faster than everybody else. And I'm just going to go up and I'm just going to fucking play like I'm a rebounder. I'm just going to go above the rim. Just going to jump over you. It's insane how many times he just gets double covered. And then you think to yourself when you're evaluating him, you're like, it doesn't really matter because, you know, he's playing in D2. But then it's just like you see some of the fucking catches and you're like, oh, these are some pretty fucking awesome catches. Then when he's not double covered, you're like, oh, these are some pretty awesome routes that he's running. Anyways, back to the shitty end of Dallas, which is a lot, a lot. Hold on, let me, let me plug in my computer. It's almost out of battery. So, again, Dallas loses a bunch of their free agents, right? Or a bunch of their key starters, and then they don't lose Demarcus Lawrence, who I hate. And then they also lose Amari Cooper, who I love. And then it was a mess for Dallas. And then their division has a categorically better offseason, especially the Giants and the Eagles. They both have a categorically better offseason than the Cowboys. And then it's just like, hmm, um, Dallas could potentially be in trouble. I don't think so. But Dallas could potentially be in a little bit of trouble here. Now... The problem also stems from their inability to sign top-tier free agents. 
Like, apparently they were interested in Von Miller, which is awesome. I would not shut up about how awesome he was and is for the Rams, and I was like, he could be awesome for the fucking Cowboys, and he could really help out with a position of need. Instead, what did the Moronic Cowboys do? They fucking re-signed Demarcus Lawrence to a three-year extension instead of cutting Demarcus Lawrence and then signing Von Miller. Or at the very least, just signing Von Miller outright and then being like, yeah, like, like we're going to look for somebody to take over for DeMarcus, or we're just going to overload teams with our awesome pass rush. I don't understand why the Cowboys did not sign Von Miller at all. I'm going to give you this lead-in uh, for, what is it, for Undisputed, where they kind of talk about it, but I, like, I'll talk a little bit after they talk about it. Hold on. I... Muted my computer audio. Give me like two seconds here. Hold on. Skip's Cowboys could have signed Von Miller. That's according to him. Miller says Dallas offered him $50 million less than what the Bills put on the table. And Von admitted, yeah, he'd have preferred the Cowboys. He says, quote, I would have taken less to go to Dallas because it's Dallas. But I wouldn't take that much less. That is a pretty big difference to swallow shannon what's your so taking 50 million dollars less apparent like let me let me just look it up and like look up how much money he's getting paid so they offered him 50 million dollars less. they weren't in the fucking market they weren't even close let me look up von miller his cap hit this year because they've done some finagling it's like five million but his total money that he uh, that he's gonna get for this new contract is one hundred and twenty million dollars, or is that over his entire career? Hold on, let me look at his contract history. Give me like two seconds. Da, 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 with the bills, yeah, I was right. It's one hundred and twenty million. So they offered him seventy million. The average per year for his contract is like what? Let me just find it here. It's 20 million, which is like kind of right. The problem is Demarcus Lawrence is making 20 million dollars, but Von Miller is a significantly better football player. He's always been a better football player. Von Miller is 33 years old. He's still a fucking better football player. Problem also is is that Von Miller is signed throughout 2027, so they like they maxed him out and then gave him a lot of years. He's probably not gonna play until he's 38 years old if he is that's insane shout out to Vaughn but the fact that they missed out on one of my top free agents on one on a guy that was going to take less and it's just like you have to work with the player and this is what the Cowboys have been bitching about for years they've been like they've been saying you got to take less because we're the Dallas Cowboys you got to take less because we're the Dallas Cowboys when a player is like I'm going to take less because you're the Dallas Cowboys they're like we're going to spot you 50 million dollars less that is insane to me, insane that they couldn't even get fucking Von Miller on their squad. I like, I, I couldn't believe it. And it's just like, they don't really have that much money in cap space. Uh, or they, they didn't before all of the new shit that they did, all of like the finagling that they did. They now have $22 million in available cap space. So theoretically, they could have paid Von Miller. However, next year, their cap space, they're below their $5 million in the red, which means they are like $5 million underneath the cap. 
And then in like 2024, they'll have like $80 million in available cap space. But they like, they're going to move some money back. They're going to push some money back to, uh, to help out with the cap. But it's like Demarcus Lawrence is making 14 fucking million dollars this year, which is to me insane. It's insane. Next year in 2023, he's going to make 26 million. It's like, what? Why the fuck would you give him? Why, why wouldn't you just fucking cut him or something? So frustrating. Like, he's not, he wasn't healthy last year at all. I don't, like, in the, the other thing that, like, really pissed me off about the Cowboys this offseason was that they signed Michael Gallup to a long-term deal as well. They signed him to, what, like a three-year deal? And it's just like, Michael Gallup is coming off of an injury. Why are you signing all of these players that are coming off of an injury? You could literally have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb on your team, but you're like, eh, we'll take a loss. We'll roll we'll, we'll with Michael Gallup. It's like, what? You guys are in fucking sane. Why the fuck would you go with Michael Gallup over Amari Cooper? That is stupid. Why would you do that? And then pay Michael Gallup. That's insanity. I mean, they got a good deal. They got a good deal. Michael Gallup potentially could be like a $20 million, a $20 million per year type of guy. He could potentially be that, but instead he's like making $11 million per year on average. I'm like, oh, okay, that's all right. It still is like insanity to me that the Cowboys paid Michael Gallup over keeping Amari Cooper. And then what's even more insane is like, the fact that they just don't want to fucking sign awesome free agents and then they can't sign their free agents like Randy Gregory as well. It's so insane to me. It's, it really is insane just how like stupid some of the decisions the Cowboys make are. So fucking stupid. God. Anyways, I'll, say some, I'll save um, some of the rest of the stuff for tomorrow as well. Some of the stuff being... Baker Mayfield being a absolute disaster, or not an absolute disaster, but the uh, the whole conversation about Baker Mayfield not being a disaster, I worded that terribly, but Baker Mayfield getting traded to the Carolina Panthers and what that means. I was going to speculate that he was going to have to actually earn the job and go out and compete against Sam Darnold. I was right. I was going to speculate on that, and I was going to be right, but it came out that Yes, he will have to compete for the job, which I'm very excited uh, to see that disaster play out in in literally the next month because both both of them are going to have to play in the preseason. Baker is probably going to have to play in the preseason as well as as well as Sam. So I'm super interested to see what's going to happen. Anyways, that's it for the podcast. I know it's short. I know I said two hours, but uh, I just want to get back. To get back, also, I want to read and finish off this book, this horrendous book called The Renegades. Terrible book. Shouldn't have bought it. I'm like 100 pages out. I literally have 50 pages to read tonight and then tomorrow. I'll finish it off and then I'm fucking done. Yes. I'm on my way to reading 10 books this year. I've read four. So excited. Anyways, uh, I'll see you tomorrow for more, ladies and gentlemen, 24th Podcast.